Welcome listeners. Welcome listeners. You're listening to the Deeds in the Desert. The place where real estate investors tune in for the latest news and available investments at Ignite Funding. If you're on the hunt for a low effort, passive income stream, then turn up that volume and pull out the hammock as we get ready to feed you your weekly dose of real estate investing insights. Welcome back listeners to another episode of Deeds in the Desert. My name is Izzy Rosari. Today's guest, I have him back for another round, Pat Vassar, Director of Underwriting. Thanks for joining us today, Pat. Not a problem. Glad to be here. All right. So we're going to get right into it. Let's start talking about quarter one. A lot of our clients and potential clients always like to ask us about where are we going? Where have we gone? Who are we funding loans to? Why are we so heavy in one side of the state? Or why are we doing more commercial than residential? So we're just going to deep dive into all the stats we have from quarter one. So let's start off with uh, the first thing is where where were we balanced at between commercial and residential for uh, Q1? Absolutely. We're Definitely weighted towards commercial right now. Uh, 57% of what we originated in Q1 was commercial and only 43% on the residential side. Uh, That kind of goes in line with what we did all of last year, which was 60% commercial, 40% residential. So we're kind of in line of of what we were doing last year. I would expect that to change um, very little over the next maybe six to 12 months. Now, just so for our listeners to understand a little bit more about when we say residential, because we're not talking about, you know, fix and flips or, you know, doing stuff to uh, a consumer that's trying to do it for like a single family home. So when, when we say residential loans, what, what do we mean by that? Residential uh, end uses. So typically when we classify it as residential, it'd either be land that will be developed into lots for for homes or partially developed lots, or maybe they are finished lots and they're constructing homes on. But to your point, it won't be for retail investors. These are all business loans and construction loans for entities, for people that are building multiple house, multiple homes for investment purposes, none of which are we lending on like a primary residence, for example. Gotcha. And none of these, uh, I don't believe any of these have been fix and flips. We haven't right. done those in, yeah. in quite some time, actually. It's been a good while since I've seen a fix and flip loan like that. So, all right, good. I just wanted to break that down so that people understand a little bit more when we say uh, residential loans. So let's dive in a little bit more into where where we lent in quarter one. So what were um, what were some of the states that we were in? Our biggest state was Nevada. Uh, we lent, what is that, 26 26- percent of our, our lending uh, parameters for last quarter in Q1 of 2023 were here in Nevada, 20% in Utah, and 16% in Arizona. So the top three of, of Nevada, Utah, and Arizona, if you look back to 2022 and look at our top locations, Nevada was number one, Utah was number two, and number three was Denver. Uh, in this quarter, it was Arizona. If you look at our kind of overall portfolio, uh, although Arizona is the third highest density that we lent in last quarter, if you look at what we're servicing right now, it's not even in the top six. What top are, eight, actually. What are you seeing as far as Arizona right now, as far as loans? What type of loans? Mostly in Arizona, we're looking at a lot of land development, land speculation loans. Uh, Arizona is kind of the king of of the urban sprawl. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is going you know, out and onward in Arizona. And most specifically Phoenix, you know, that, that is a market in which, you know, it takes 
over an hour to go from one side to the other, not yeah. necessarily because of traffic, but because it's just so darn far spread out. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's a lot of land out there, a lot of uh, available uh, properties to be purchased. Water is always an issue in that uh, that community. So everything we're doing out there, uh, we, we want to make sure it has water rights with it as well. Nice. Uh, is there another state you happen to have over there on your stat sheet that we can talk about that may have not been so apparent last year? Yeah, I mean, we did uh, Texas quite a bit, and I was 12% in Texas. That is slowly moving up our list, although last year it wasn't uh, in the top six. It will be in the top probably four by the end of this year. And what product type are you seeing out there? Mostly residential. However, there are a few commercial product projects that we have looked at and have done. Um, there's nothing in the hopper right now in Texas as far as the commercial side. Everything right now is on the residential side. However... Uh, that changes, you know, basically daily and our mindset will change, you know, every month or so we'll, we'll reassess where we're at and more specifically where we want to go. And the commercial side is definitely a side in which uh, we're actively looking to grow our portfolio. You said last year, Denver was number three, if I'm not mistaken, on our uh, lending over there. And as of right now, it wasn't a big feature as far as Q1. Do you foresee not just the Denver market, but Colorado, um, more loans coming out in general for Q2, Q2 and possibly Q3? There'll be a few more, but I don't think it's going to be jumping up our, our uh, list anytime soon. Okay. I think that'll be one that is going to give some some market share away to Texas, for example, that'll be moving up the list. Denver, I think, will slowly move down for a little while as the the economies, uh, the benefits uh, out there kind of right now aren't as dramatic as they are in some other areas. You know, one of the big things we look for is price to rent ratio and the migration. We want to look where people are moving to. And in Colorado right now, uh, isn't one of the the big movers. Uh, Texas definitely is. That's one that's receiving quite a few people moving into it. Nevada is. And those just macro growth drivers are something we really want to hone in on and make sure that we know uh, people are moving to those markets. So as Warren Buffett says, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. So as long as there's more demand coming in, yep. uh, that'll really help our borrowers out and ultimately our investment risk profile. So those are basically things that you look across the board, though, in all states and where we're lending. So it's not just just because Texas is looking good right now. Those are things that you look for in any new state we may be eventually wanting to go into. Absolutely. Not only new states that we want to go into, but current states that we're in that we want to reduce our exposure to. Uh, any state we go into means we got to give up a, a different state, right? If we're going to add market share to commercial, we got to give it up on residential and vice versa. So uh, it is a conscious decision, and it's one in which uh, we don't take lightly and one that we are constantly looking at and trying to uh, be proactive instead of reactive. That's a great point. It's a great way to put it on the on, on that overall topic. Thanks, Pat. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into borrowers now. Since we covered uh, commercial re versus residential in our percentages, we covered the states that we were in for Q1. Let's see who we lent to in uh, Q1. Largest borrower for Q1 was Blue Heron, making up 19% or excuse me, 18% of the overall portfolio. Next largest was GGD, also known as Rhino Investments, making up 18%. And third was Edward Holmes, making up 16%. All right. Let's uh, actually, let's talk a little bit about for uh, about each one of those specifically, since uh, some of our listeners may not, may not know who those names are. So let's start off with Blue Heron. Who are, who are they? Where are they at? And what do they specialize in? 
Blue Heron is a luxury custom home builder here in Las Vegas. They are uh, getting ready to expand outside of Las Vegas, but right now it is solely here. And what we were lending on is acquisition and development of land, converting them into finished lots, which will ultimately be sold to their, their home buyers. And let's talk a little bit more about uh, Rhino Investments, aka GGD. They are a group that's also based here. However, most of their deals aren't located here. They're a nationwide company, primarily focusing Colorado and West, um, just like us. They do quite a bit in California, which we obviously don't do, uh, but they are all on the commercial side. Very, very little of what they have is on the residential side. What would you say the, um, is basically his sweet spot? Um, Sanjeev is the one who runs the company over there. Where, what would you say we do a lot of um, projects for him specifically? Most of what we do is value add, where they're coming in and buying a underserved retail existing shopping center where maybe there's a high uh, vacancy or, or market rents are extremely low or the tenant, uh, the anchor tenant is about to move out and won't sign a new renewal. He'll go in and usually have tenants in tow, meaning he already knows who he's going to be leasing those to. And so the value add proposition happens virtually immediately. Those new tenants will increase occupancy. Also, in, in doing such, will increase the net operating income, which overnight increases the value of the property. So they're buying, they being GGD, Oakdale, or uh, Rhino Investments will be buying a property, uh, which will ultimately be, you know, maybe 60% of the, the value of it once these new tenants move in. And the last one we have right there is uh, Edward Holmes. That's ran by uh, Brock Metzko over there. He uh, is in, in a little bit of everything, right? There's, a, I feel like every time you release one project, and I think that's what we're going to be doing for him for a while, it flips over to something else. Absolutely. Yeah, he does a little bit on the residential, a little bit on the commercial. And the commercial play for him is all ground up construction. He doesn't do any value add like Sanjeev does. All of his is ground up, whether that's on the residential or commercial side. Uh, you know, a lot of it has to do with memory care or assisted living facilities. Uh, some of it has to do with build to rent communities. Others have to do for sale townhomes, um, a spec uh, luxury home. There's been uh, ground up industrial building. You know, it's a little bit of everything. And what he does best uh, compared to some of our other borrowers is he'll always have an end user in mind. Hmm. Every okay. one of those will be. I shouldn't say everyone. Most of those will be pre-sold and already have a, a uh, sales price predetermined before we even get involved in the deal. All right. Let's um I know you love doing this, so let's do a little bit of comparison. For our Q1 this year in 2023, how does that compare to previous Q1s? Are we ahead of ahead of the game? Are we right where we need to be? Where, where are we at? Well, that's kind of, as you say, I like to do comparisons because it's all relative, right? right. And and what makes it relative is comparing it against something else. Um, as far as the dollar amount in which we originated, that is something that I don't necessarily uh, look at too much. It's really just percentages. What, what, uh, where were we putting the money? Doesn't doesn't matter how much money we deployed, but what percent of the money we deployed was going to certain areas. And I think everything is right in line. Uh, some of it is a little skewed towards, uh, especially on the borrower side. Um, Blue Heron is our number one borrower for the quarter. However, they they don't even check up in. They're maybe in the top ten, um, but very low on the overall portfolio. So it's a little skewed because. Q1 
Q1, you know, obviously three months is a fairly short snippet when you're looking at our total portfolio. Yeah, we only lent $55 million, but we're servicing over $350 million. Right. Yeah, just like everything in real estate, everything ebbs and flows. You know, borrowers come to us when they need us. They get what they need to do. They start moving along with their projects, and they're just doing what they need to do at that time. And so I think it's a perfect little storm we have, which is great for us on the lending side, but also great on the investor side. So now that we've recapped where, you know, the commercial versus residential, the states we've been in, the borrowers we lent to for Q1, let's talk a little bit about what's coming for Q2. And are there any projects you're excited about? I don't want to get too much into it because I know people get excited and want to know all the insider information, but is there anything (laughs) you can give us some insight on for uh, coming in Q2? Absolutely. You know, we'll be getting a little bit more into Arizona, doing a few more lane deals out there. We will be diving a bit deeper into the Texas market, doing construction, residential construction out there. Uh, We will be refinancing a large loan out in Midway, Utah. Uh, That is currently our largest loan and will continue to be our largest loan until paydowns start to happen first quarter of next year. Which which, um, Can you give uh, some of our listeners a little bit more context into that? Loan, what that is, Mid- at Midway? Midway, the, the borrower's name is Midway Heritage Development. Mm-hmm. It's a $22 million existing loan. It will be refinanced into a closer to $30 million loan that will be done in tranches, most of which will be deployed day one to pay off the existing loan and to recapitalize them for the, the, uh, the development that has already occurred. The remaining funds will be used for the vertical construction of phase one and phase two of the community. Uh, which will ultimately be developed into nearly 200 attached townhomes. That's that's significant, right? 200 attached homes, like absolutely. And it's not necessarily the the number 200 mm-hmm. isn't that big of a, a number, mm-hmm. but the average price point is a million dollars. So mm-hmm. it, it becomes a you know a 200 million dollar project in total total sales volume. We're going to be in it for about 30, but the total sales volumes at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. So that's where it becomes a big number. $200 million of sales volume on one project is a big number. Not necessarily 200 units. We do 200 units all the time. That's not a a big number. 200 million? Not sure we've ever done that, though. Yeah, definitely not. Definitely not. Well, thanks again, Pat, for joining us today again on this episode of D's in the Desert, recapping all of everything that we had from quarter one and giving a little snippet of uh, what's coming in Q2. Um, As you guys know, real estate's changing every day. Everything Pat said right now could change tomorrow, but we do try to give you guys the most up-to-date information that we do have here at Ignite Funding. So again, my name is Izzy Rosari. We're going to be signing off for this episode. Thanks again, Pat, for joining us. Not a problem. Farewell. Thanks for joining us this week on Deeds in the Desert, where short-term investments meet long-term investors. We hope you enjoyed the content so much that you share it with all your friends. Who doesn't like learning about passive fixed income, right? Still hungry for more education? Visit our website at ignitefunding.com. Or if you're ready to take the leap and start investing, give us a call at 702-761-0000 and schedule a free investor consultation. 